Hello and welcome to episode 203 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is with Amanda. Now, we almost called this one a bunch of different things. Let me see what my, my notes here. The light inside Amanda. Poor Melissa. Kick a hamster in the butt. These were all options for today's episode title. I think I've decided to go with Melissa's job is not cherry, but the interviews with Amanda. So that probably doesn't make a lot of sense right now, but it will soon. What does make sense is that we have sponsors. They keep the podcast free. So let's mention them here. First of all, longtime sponsors, Omnipod and Dexcom. I can't thank them enough for being here supporting the show. The podcast is also sponsored by Dancing for Diabetes. That's right. You guys were so supportive of Dancing for Diabetes last year. They wanted to come back and do it again. And we have a new sponsor. And I am super excited about this because this one actually has a promo code for you where you can save some money. Please help me welcome Real Good Foods to the Juice Box Podcast. Now, there's going to be more information about all of them throughout the show, but for now, know this. All the links you need are at juiceboxpodcast.com, in your podcast app, or I can say them so many times that you won't be able to forget them. You want me to try that? Of course you don't, but I will anyway. Myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Dancingfordiabetes.com. That's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. And Real Good Foods is at realgoodfoods.com. And when you get there, see the food, get so excited, and buy some, use the promo code JUICEBOX to save 10% on your order. So Amanda comes on, and I think we're going to talk about insurance. And we do. But we also talk about type 1 in general, and then we kind of go on this flight of fancy making pretend phone calls to customer service people at like insurance companies, pump suppliers, you know, where you get your insulin pharmacies. We just sort of, I don't know what happened, but I had fun. I had fun making pretend phone calls with Amanda to insurance companies. I think you might enjoy it as well. It's kind of cathartic. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. At the moment, I'm watching as late as it is Arden sleeping, and it's summertime. I think she might have gone to sleep last night at like 3.30 in the morning, and, <laughs> and so she's still sleeping. And I'm watching her. I'm watching her blood sugar, and I'm like, I set a temp basal. And I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna hold or not. So we're gonna find out as we're going along. If I might have to run upstairs for a second, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Hi, I'm Amanda. I am 31. I am type one, and was diagnosed when I was 23 years old. Okay, eight years ago. You, oh, you know, I went and ruined my joke by doing the math very quickly. But anyway, so um, eight years ago, you were diagnosed. That's 23, just uh, you just out of college for a little bit. Did you go to college? Yep, just out of college, uh, probably about a year or so. I was diagnosed when I was in my first job out of college. So, And we are talking today, this is very specific. You emailed and you were like, insurance. And I was like, right, insurance. <laughs> And (laughs) so you have a great perspective because you were younger, but still an adult and you've had diabetes now for a long time. So you've had, you know, you've rolled with the the phone calls and I'm assuming the cursing at people on the phone and not getting your supplies and et cetera. And and you just really seemed very interested in wanting to talk about sort of that aspect and, and a little more. So we'll dig in a little bit and then we'll, we'll figure out what's going on. So we'll start at the beginning. 23, diagnosed at your first job. Were you living on your own? Uh, Yeah. So I was living with my uh, now husband, then fiance. Um, Let's see. I I don't really remember what led up to it. I just remember that I had an extremely stressful period of time, like extremely stressful couple of weeks. And and, um, then One week, I was fine on Sunday, and by Thursday, my vision was completely blurry. I could not see anything. Hmm. Um, And so I called the doctor, uh, got an appointment, and um, went in. And looking back on it, I had all of the classic symptoms of high blood sugar. I don't know why I didn't connect the dots. I was 
urinating all the time. I was constantly thirsty, like, you know, just dry mouth, Mm -hmm. classic stuff, right? So I finally get into the doctor. And as a fun side note, uh, thankfully, my husband's glasses prescription corrected the vision issue. So I was still able to drive to work during this time. (laughs) So that was nice. Stealing people's Uh, glasses and driving around. (laughs) Yeah, thankfully, thankfully his prescription worked for this issue. I went in, um, they tested my blood sugar and I was like well over 500. They wanted to admit me and I was like, no, I'm poor. You can't admit me to the hospital. I'm stealing other people's glasses. I can't afford healthcare. (laughs) I'm 23. So they gave me, um, insulin, brought me down, uh, sent me off to an endocrinologist. That guy diagnosed me immediately as type two, didn't do any sort of test whatsoever just diagnosed me as type 2 I didn't know any better um, so I started taking the oral meds that he gave me and I was with that endo for probably about six months before I got fed up with his bull hockey um, you know every time I saw him which was pretty frequently early on he would um, constantly remind me that um, birth control could raise your blood sugar and I said but so do babies so um, got rid of that guy, went to a different guy, and that endo was like, hey, you've never been tested for your type. We should probably do that. And then figured out I was actually type 1. So all those oral meds that we're taking was doing absolutely nothing. Got me on some insulin pens. So I was on pens for a few years. Um, got on my Omnipod about four years ago mm-hmm. and got on my Dexcom about two years ago. I'm I'm just imagining the first endocrinologist is this very old guy, and he's actually yes. coming on to you by going, you know, birth control <laughs> can make your blood sugar high. You're on birth control, aren't you, Amanda? <laughs> you know, like right, right, just like being like like 1953 slick with you or something like that. Just, he was definitely ready to retire, and I felt like he was checked out. Yeah, like he didn't even test me for my type. Right, yeah, I'm a right. new patient, brand new patient. You'll probably be fine if you take this pill. The lady that brings the sandwiches in gave me these. Give these a try. Uh, right. I have threw golf a bottle of that foreman at me and just, it's fine, right? Headed out the door at noon for a long lunch and a golf outing. Um, <laughs> you know who's going to die soon, Amanda? Me and you. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. great. Yeah, great. Well, so you've moved on to somebody better, which is excellent. Yeah, and pens, you, you did shots for, how did you find that the first number of years on, on injections? Were you making out okay? Um, you know, I don't truly think that my blood sugar was well controlled until actually fairly recently. Um, just kind of stumbled through those first few years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably not in as good of control as I could. And part of it was probably just being young and dumb and, not realizing all the effects that it could have. But um, the other part was just not knowing any better. Like, I don't really feel like I've ever been well-educated. Yeah. Like, I nev- I've never sat down with a diabetes educator. Um, like I said, I feel like my entry into the land of diabetes was like a real rough landing, <laughs> like a crash landing. All Dancing for Diabetes hopes from you is that you'll check them out. They're a small organization dedicated to helping people with type 1 diabetes. They're at dancingfordiabetes.com. It's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. They're also on Facebook, and they have a wonderful page on Instagram. Stop liking that egg that's more popular than Kylie Jenner and check them out. Do you think it's a little bit because you're an adult too? And I, I you know, when you're kids, when, when you have a kid who's diagnosed, right, and you're the parent, you're standing there and you're all like, oh, my God, everything's horrible. And, and, and your kid's like all sad looking and skinny and everything. They're like, whoa, here's what we're going to do for you. And they, they really throw the, you know, the medical kitchen sink at you. Like, you, you know, and but when you're an adult, it's really is like the world's a different place when you're an adult. People are just yeah. like, hey, you're sick. Here's the medicine. Go away. It, no, nobody yeah. feels bad for, you know, Amanda looking skinny. And, you know, and, and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like it's, it's adults are treated differently. It's very, it's just very, I don't know, like the, the humanity's taken out of it a little bit, I think. Yeah, with yeah, a lot of I doctors. mean, I was 23. So yes, an adult, but a young adult. Sure. And I like to think that I'm pretty fiercely independent and 
um, you know, I, I just feel like I probably just out of necessity have had to learn this stuff on my own. But at 23, I'm glad that I just had insurance through my job. Like I had the foresight to get the better plan than the rest of my coworkers because we were all all we're really like 12 young years and, old. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not well, going to get sick. Right. They all bought the catastrophic plan because that premium was $10 cheaper than the other one. And I at least had the foresight before diagnosis to pick the plan that I was like, well, yeah, but if I do get hit by a car, like I need to afford to live after that. Yeah. So I got the better plan. And thankfully I did because otherwise I would have been screwed, you know? Yeah. And it did. So it did help you in the beginning. I, okay. So, you know, it's funny to go through your progression of like needles and then a pump and then a glucose monitor. It, it's funny because it, it, I mean, it's not that different for a lot of people, but it really mimics Arden's. Like we were, doing injections for a number of years and things were not, I mean, you know, she was little, but I was definitely not doing well at all. And then when we added the pump, it did get easier, but things didn't really come into focus until I could see her blood sugar through the, through the Dexcom. And, and was that a similar experience to you? I feel like that's what you were saying when you were talking about it in the beginning. Yeah. The Dexcom has been a real game changer. Um, when I just had just the Omnipod and I would test my sugar, enter my carbs, eat, and then a couple hours later test and I was still high, I just assumed like, oh, I carb counted wrong. Mm -hmm. That's on me. Well, you know, that's probably also part of it. But at least now I can see, okay, like, you know, this food affects me far differently than this food and I should extend the bolus. I never extended a bolus until I got my Dexcom because right. I didn't... Why would understand you the value of it. Um, I saw le just last night as I was going to bed, there was a parent online who said, you know, I, we bolused for dinner and kid fell asleep and blood sugar went to 65. They panicked and shut his basal off or her basal. I don't remember off for an hour. And then they went back and checked again. And the kid's blood sugar was like 270. And I thought, right. Oh my God, you were probably, they don't have a CGM, right? So, but I'm like, that 65 was probably just a beautiful pre-bolus for the meal. And and the parent right. kept saying, but there was insulin on board. There was insulin on board. And I'm like, yeah, I was thinking you needed that insulin. Like that insulin right. was there doing a job, you know? And as soon as you took away the basal insulin, now you basically, you know, whatever bolus was left behind was now acting as basal and there was nothing to fight the food and, or, you know, body function or whatever. And... I thought, wow, that's such a shame. Like they did it. It sounds like they did it almost perfectly and then panicked at the end. And that panic came from like a lack of information. Right. Yeah. Until you can see what's happening with your sugars, it's, it's hard to make an educated decision. And honestly, if I had to pick between the pump or the CGM, I would pick the CGM. Yeah. No, I've said that before. Hands, hands down. I'm not looking to give either of them away, but if you took them back from me incrementally, I'd think, oh, well, I guess I could go back to shots and, you know, we would just inject more to kind of accomplish what we do. And of course we wouldn't be able to adjust the basal, but all right, you know, but at least I could still see what was happening. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. So you had good insurance, good enough insurance for a 23 year old. You were like, you had a, like an entry level job. I'm assuming you didn't become the CEO immediately. And so unfortunately, no, no, <laughs> they didn't see, they didn't see the light inside of you, Amanda. And just, no, they, did, they just didn't see my potential. <laughs> so you come in, you come in, first of all, listen, you had a job. I'm sure your family was thrilled. You, you know, like you didn't come home after college, although were they happy yeah, that you moved in with a boy? Uh, well, we were engaged before we moved in at least. Um, not that it matters, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, we, um, I actually graduated college in 2009. So it was like right at the beginning of the recession. My senior year was actually a little crazy. I had three different jobs. Um, I applied for a job February of my senior year in my industry, mm -hmm. just thinking, oh, I'll get my name across the desk. They're never going to hire me because I don't graduate till May. Right. Uh, but they hired me. So I had to adjust my class schedule. Thank God I had like you know, really um, accommodating professors. I had to adjust my class schedule so that I could accommodate that because I was like, it's the recession. I'm not going to turn down an industry job, job yeah. before graduation. So I was working like, I don't know, 
like 80 or 90 hours a week, including class and certifiably insane. Was that the stress you were referring to earlier? Um, you know, this, this came after it and I honestly, like, I can't remember what was so stressful. All I remember from that time period is the diagnosis. Um, so whatever was so stressful must not have been that memorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I, I hear you. Just the time in your life. But the theory was from my endo anyway, after I got with a decent one, he seems to think that perhaps, uh, my pancreas was just like limping along this whole time because as I look back, my symptoms of high blood sugar, I could have attributed to any number of things when I was in school. Mm -hmm. Um, I just get really tired. Well, of course I was tired. I was working all the time and never slept and I was in college, uh, you know, weight gain. Well, I was in college and, uh, you know, so a lot of that stuff I could contribute to other things. So I was probably like pre-diabetic the whole time. And my endo thinks that Perhaps the stress just killed killed it. Pancreas was done for. And that week, my blood sugar just went crazy, which is why led to the vision issues, which I've discovered is, you know, something that I can see when my, when my blood sugar is very high. Mm-hmm. It affects my vision. Um, so now I know. Your vision but, came back after you got on insulin and everything? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So... So what what insurance issues have you lived through? Are there, is there just a litany of them, or is it just overall the – did you want to just talk overall about what it adds to your life? Because, I mean, I feel like I could talk forever about just what happens because of it. Like, I mean, the days I've spent leaning on a countertop with, like, my head in my hand with a phone, <laughs> yelling at the automated machine, like, customer service, just, just – uh, if you'd like to customer service, push through no customer service, then you start cursing. I did learn, by the way, if you curse into it, it moves you through <laughs> the process faster. I think I, they must have like keyed in a couple of certain words that mean <laughs> stop making this person whole. Just get them through. So uh, all of my statements start with um, every question. Like, Are you calling for? I'm calling about effing this. I'm calling about effing <laughs> that because it just moves it through quicker. But but how about Maybe you? Maybe I'll try that next time. Pro <laughs> tip. Um, it's just been like, well, I guess as a 31 year old, I feel like, because like I said, I had a very rocky intro to diabetes. Um, and you know, who doesn't, but, um, I just feel like I had to like really fight for myself and learn for myself. And just, it's not like there was any like one defining thing that happened. It was just like, I've just learned a lot of stuff over the years having to figure it out for myself. And at 31, I feel like I know so much more about insurance than my peers who have functioning pancreases and great for them. But, you know, like they just don't have to worry about all this stuff. Um, And so, you know, I talk about HSAs and FSAs and blah, 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 blah. And it goes over their head and co-pays and deductibles and out-of-pocket maxes. Like, you know, they have no, I might as well be speaking Chinese them (laughs) you know so i just i kind of wish that i didn't have to deal with all of it but on the other hand i've learned a lot and so that knowledge will help me going forward yeah what what do you think are some of the you know like you said what are some of the pro tips about dealing with insurance when you think about how to explain the dexcom g6 continuous glucose monitor to someone the common wisdom is to tell them you don't need finger sticks anymore. You know, it's FDA approved that you can treat without finger sticks. So, hey, it saves your fingers. That's great. You know, other people like to know about the share and follow features that, you know, with your iPhone or Android, you can watch a loved one's blood sugar wherever they are. And that's all true. But I don't think that gets to the core of what makes Dexcom so amazing. In my opinion, It's the ability to see how fast your blood sugar is moving and what direction it's going in. And not just for safety, but so that you can make good decisions about your insulin that will stop those rises and falls next time. It's kind of boring to say that data is really important, but it is. It's important to teach you how to use insulin. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that I think that understanding how insulin works is the most important step you can make. 
And the best way to come to that understanding is by having a Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. I'm telling you right now, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box and get started today. You will not be disappointed. As a matter of fact, you'll be elated. Wait till you see what's going on in your body. Wait till you find out how comforting it is to know. Good decisions come from informed people. And Dexcom is how you get that information. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box with links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Well, I have learned that you need to know your plan inside and out. Um, I guess the impetus for me writing the email to you um, was that I had just seen, I'm in a lot of diabetic Facebook groups, and I just, I constantly see people post um, things like, hey, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. What durable medical equipment suppliers do they cover? And it's just, it's sort of frustrating that people don't understand that that's not how it works. You know, I just, I really wish people knew their plans more inside and out. Because you Um, and I could have the same insurance plan in the same state, but I could have a different level of it than you do. Well, it's not even, it's, you know, you and I could both have the same carrier but your plan is dictated by your employer. Um, what what options they choose, it's all based on what options your employer has chosen. So you are good, probably going to have a different copay and deductible than I am, and they might have different in and out in network and out of network providers. And so asking the internet, hey, does Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas cover Byram Healthcare doesn't help you. Hey, you know? internet. <laughs> it's like yelling at hey, right. Siri. Um, I I think I've told this story here before, so I'm just going to cut through it really quickly. But when Arden was really little, she had a lot of dental work she needed, and mm-hmm. they needed to put her. They wanted to put her to sleep to do it, and she was really tiny. There, her baby teeth and all this stuff. But the dentist was uncomfortable putting her out because of her blood sugar. So he said, "Look, I want to do this at a hospital." And the insurance company said, no, we're not paying for that. This is dental. And they didn't care about any of the arguments about her safety or health or anything like that. And we went through for a while. And I thought, oh, my God, are we going to have to pay for this? It was like $15,000. And it's like, I, I, I can't afford that. And I eventually just called my, my wife's company. And it turned out that they were, you know, it was a self-paying, you know, um, policy, which just means that. Every one of their employees uses healthcare all year long, and every once in a while during the year, they just write a check to the insurance company to cover it all. The insurance company's really just, they're just sort of the middleman for your healthcare. They're not really paying yeah. it, right? And right, so, they're the third-party administrator. That's it. So her company called the insurance company and said, let them, ha- let them do this. And they said, okay. And then we scheduled it, and that was it. Yeah. And then, then at the end of the yeah. year, her company just wrote a check that was $15,000 larger than it was going to be to pay for the health care of all their employees. Yeah, I'm currently dealing with a somewhat of a similar situation. Um, so before I had this, I've been at this employer for almost five years, but I was on my husband's insurance mm-hmm. um, for the first couple of years that I was here. Uh, and he, his employer was a much larger employer, um, so they had a traditional insurance relationship where you know the, the employer pays the premium, the insurance company is actually you know doing the insurance. Now my employer is actually, um, as your wife's, self-funded, so my carrier is the third-party administrator. So basically, my employer just pays them to do all the paperwork, and at the end of the day. Um, the carrier pays for the claims out of my employer's bank account. So yeah, they're just middlemen. Um, but I think it's, it's been kind of a struggle because I don't know if it's the fact that they're the third party administrator or if they're just not reading our SPD or I don't know, but, um, switching has been a very rocky road. They, they do not understand Omnipod at all. They're like, don't get it. I've like, I even had to, um, create visual aids. Mm -hmm. I had to, um, educate my HR department on how Omnipod works because the way our 
policy was written, or at least the way they were reading our um, SPD, our summary plan description, says you get one insulin pump per year. Well, that's a great policy, right? Um, But on paper, it looks like when I submit my pods, that that's my first, my first order of pods is my insulin pump for the year. And then 90 days later, when I need more, you're denied because I already gave you an insulin pump. No, that's not how it works. So I had to go through this whole thing, finally got it covered, and now still having issues because after we got the whole pod thing straightened out, then my warranty on my PDM expired, and now that's an up in the air. <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys. <laughs> but at least because because it is a, a third-party situation, I can just go to my HR department once I've hit my limit and say, hey. Like, here's the situation. I really need you to call your reps at the carrier and they can usually make stuff happen, which is great, you know, in, in another situation where the employer didn't have that relationship. I'm sure it would be a lot more difficult and a lot more fighting. Yeah. Plus, it's so much, it's just so much more work and time. It cannot be understated how much time we lose to being on the phone with my gosh. insurance companies, uh, you know, durable medical, co- you know, middlemen, you know, Edge Park or one of those, you know, one of those oh, terrible, terrible <laughs> oh, suppliers, um, you know, back to your insurance. shall not be named. <laughs> uh, it's just really, I, I remember there was a time, my gosh, I don't know how many years ago, but Freestyle had a recall on their test strips. And yeah. They handled the recall so in so poorly. They were like, look, just put all your test strips in here, mail them back to us, and we'll replace them. And so I, I contacted them. I said, well, there's like no, f- like, wait, how do, how will you know how many I sent back? And she's like, well, we'll count them. And I was like, well, what if I send back, I don't know, 10 boxes of test strips and your person counts them as five boxes of test strips? That's a fair mistake. I get five boxes back and I call you again. I go, Hey, no, I sent you 10. How do I prove that to you? Right. And she goes, well, there's no way to, I'm like, so you want me to send you these incredibly expensive test trips that I bought with no, no mechanism in place for you to, you know, but I don't know, like, do you want me to take a picture of them? Do you want me to like, what, what do you want me to do? And I said, because none of that's going to work. I said, every other medical company in this situation says, tell me how many you have We'll send them to you, and then when you get the package, you send back what you don't, what, what what you're returning. That's how everyone else does it. But for some reason, freestyle just couldn't do it. The days and days and hours and days. I was by the time I was done, I was talking to like high levels of the company, just explaining to them. I, I remember saying at one point, I could put my five year old in charge of this re- this return. They could come up with a better concept than what you've done here. And the woman was like, right. just put them in a box and send them back. And I was like, uh, all right, no, what, what? And, you know, and and a week later, like literally a week later, my wife's like, oh my God, just mail them back. She's like, you're going to have a stroke. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, you know what? You're right. So I put these 10 boxes of test strips, which is, you know, I think at the time, you know, 200 in a box is a lot of test strips. And I sent them back and I just crossed my fingers that they were going to send me the right amount. And it's extremely frustrating. Like all of these little situations, I, yeah, I feel like I'm constantly babysitting claims. I'm constantly logging onto my carrier's website to check on the status of this claim. I'm constantly calling to check up on this because guess what? They didn't process it right. Or, you know, it's just, it's so exhausting. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, is it not punishment enough that my pancreas doesn't work? You know, like in addition, I also have to deal with these people. You know? Oh my gosh. And this is not specifically insurance related, but my favorite one, my the one that makes me laugh out loud while I'm on the phone is they'll say when they say this, Hey, you're out of refills. We'll contact your doctor and get that straightened out. Lies. I go, <laughs> I start lies. lying. I'm like, Oh, sure you will. <laughs> Yeah, total lies. No, I actually, my prescription is up tomorrow with my durable medical equipment provider. And guess who will be calling them today? You have to. Me. You have Me. to. And I'll be like, hey, so I uh, just want to make sure you got my endo updated because I, re- I recently moved. I just want to make sure you got my new doctor 
also want to make sure what prescriptions you're going to fax to them so that I can give them a heads up that you're faxing because for some bizarre reason, we're still faxing things in 2018. Yes, yes, um, yes. This whole process. I feel like just the length of time it takes for them from start to finish. It's like I could have like gotten a carrier pigeon to get the forms to you and have it done faster than you did it electronically. Amanda and I are talking now. And, you know, kind of the focus of these last few minutes has been the time that diabetes takes up in your life, right? There's already so much that you have to pay attention to. You need something to be easy. Omnipod is that thing. So you get yourself an insulin pump. Not only do you not have to, you know, inject anymore, and instead of pulling out needles, pulling out insulin, you know, getting out your pen, dialing it up, all this stuff, sticking it in, you know, injecting, pulling it out, all the, just now when you want to give yourself insulin, you push buttons. It only takes a moment. The other night I was cooking dinner and I wanted Arden to pre us, So I texted her and I said, Hey, you have to pre us now. But she was upstairs and her PDM, her personal diabetes manager for the pump was downstairs. And I didn't feel like running it up to her and she was doing her homework and she didn't feel like running it down. So I just walked into another room underneath of where her desk is on the second floor and held the PDM up over my head and gave Arden insulin through the floor, or I guess through the ceiling, if you're thinking about it from my perspective. That's what wireless gives you. Easy. You would not accomplish something like that with a tube pump. With a tube pump, the controller would be stuck to the person. And even changing an Omnipod is so super simple that we have it down to a pit stop that only takes three minutes. You fill it, you prime it, you apply it, you push the button. I swear to you, it's that easy. The best part, if you go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation demo of the pod for you to try. So you don't even have to take my word for it. You can just do it yourself. Check out the links during the show notes at juiceboxpodcast.com or now they're stuck in your brain because I said myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. One more thing. Please don't forget to check out dancingfordiabetes.com. They're on Instagram, Facebook, and at dancingthenumber4diabetes.com. Dancing for Diabetes doesn't want anything from you other than for you to know they exist. That's pretty simple for you to do. You're online anyway. Check them out. And it's not as if, right, it's not as if every person on the planet isn't getting a prescription filled. It's not as if this is the first day you, you know it's not as if they hired a bunch of people who had never seen the the industry before no one can figure it's it can't possibly be that difficult like when i spoke to that freestyle person like could it have really been that difficult to understand that there's no way to substantiate how much i've sent to you you need to build something into the process or you need to accept the risk not me right right that, like is that mm-hmm. is that a tough concept for a college graduate making what i'm assuming is a six figure salary sitting in a desk somewhere to understand um <clears throat> to back to the idea of like oh don't worry we'll check it you you need a, a refill so this happened to me recently after years of no, every time someone's ever said that to me i'm like no 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 we'll i'll i'll call i'll take care of it like right but this time we mm-hmm. had just switched companies and i thought okay well let's let them try yeah, and it was, and right, and we'll, we'll, It'll we'll be cute. it's Let's gonna be fine. My, I hung up the phone, and my wife goes, Why did you do that? I was like, I don't you want to have hope? And she, she <laughs> laughed at me. I'm like, I'm a hopeful person, damn it. And I hope they're gonna do this. So I put a little note on my calendar, and a week later, I call back and I said, Hey, you know, I'm just calling to double check that you were able to get the refills and that my product is on its way for my daughter. And they, the guy goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I said, of, of course you don't. I said, I'm going to take care of it right now. No, 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 Will. And I went, man, listen, stop. I actually said, stop. I'm like, the next time there's a I know meeting. Game. Yeah, yeah, I said, the next time there's a meeting and your manager says, hey, what are you hearing on the phone? Tell people we know the game. We know you're not going to get the <laughs> refills. Stop saying it. It's infuriating. I said, I'm going to have the whole thing taken care of in 15 minutes. Just Stop. And I sent right. a nice email to the nurse practitioner, and she sent one back, and we were all done. It, it, was, it was that easy, you, you know? And yep. oh, oh, three phone calls, three phone calls for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, my particular uh, supplier still uses fax. And so I have to call them to initiate the whole process. 
then uh, call my endo and say, hey, heads up, you're supposed to be, you're allegedly getting a fax today. And then when I call back three days later, because nothing's happened, they're like, no, we didn't get a fax. And I got to call the supplier back and be like, hey, um, so that fax you allegedly sent, what happened? Oh, we didn't send it. And it's like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And again, like, what, what the heck? <laughs> like, get it together. In a world where yesterday my, my daughter said to me, hey, the dentist told me I should get a water pick now that I have braces. And I said, okay, let me just tell you the text I got while you and I were talking. She told me that yesterday around five in the afternoon. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me check my text here. Your package with the water pick has been de- sent. It will be delivered on Tuesday, July 31st. What's today's date? Let me just take a look real quick. Oh, it's Tuesday, July 31st. So I can get a water pick to my house in under 24 hours for no extra charge, by the way. But a company right. who is po- doing the same thing over and over and over again hasn't. So what does it tell you? It tells you right. that they know. They know it's messed mm-hmm. up and there's no reason for them to make it any better. Right, like that, that I, every time I call an insurance company or a durable medical supplier, I like I envision in my head that it's like this big Rube Goldberg machine, Dr. Seuss inspired looking machine. Mm-hmm. Like right, like mm-hmm. like this one person initiates the fax to send for my prescription, and they just put like a marble down a chute, and it like has to knock over several dominoes, and like you know kick a hamster in the butt, and all this stuff before anything happens when they could have just done it. Apparently, right? like, push the button and a water pick shows up at your house. Just push the button and right. send me the test strips. Push the button. Yeah. I had this phone call the other day from um, from my my company now and because we just switched a little while ago. Hey, you ordered um, Lancets for um, a Lance that doesn't exist anymore. And I was what? like, but... Wait, what? And and I said I didn't I didn't order Lancets. I ordered the Lance. She you hear. Oh yeah. You ordered the Lance and it doesn't exist anymore. I was like, "Wow, you couldn't even get that right." I'm like, "Okay. So it doesn't exist anymore. I have uh like a thousand Lancets here. Like what am I going to do about that?" We we don't have it. Okay. So I tweet at the company because I know the person that runs the social media for the company and we have a fun back and forth all day long while she's taking pictures around the office looking for a Lance that they don't make anymore, which was hilarious, but didn't get me a Lance. And, and then, hi, Sharice. And, and then um, I went online and I was like, oh, God, I can pay $40 for this plastic Lance on Amazon and somebody will sell it to me like third party, brand new. Now our, and you'll get it in two days and sometimes same day. <laughs> right. And now here's my thought. Did I pay $40 for all the Lancets that are in my house still? Or if I just throw them away or give them to somebody else who can use them and just reorder a new Lance with the Lancets, will that not cost me anything? Like, am I, gonna, am I about to spend $40 to be a reasonable person and not waste things? When I could waste things and save the $40 because my plan will cover this out of pocket with no out of pocket. I'm like, how is this the situation I'm being put in? Like, right. like to like plan that, you know, what if I didn't know a person that I could give these things to? Like, I'm being told that if I throw these away, it'll be better for me. And in that, a very similar situation is why I stopped using the Lancing device. And now I just stab myself with the Lancet myself. <laughs> Because I can go buy whatever the heck Lancets I want from Walmart and just stab myself and it's fine. <laughs> Amanda, there's a backstory to you that I don't think we're getting to, are we? <laughs> were you lost in the woods for a couple of years as a child or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> no. Parents completely ignore you in your six, seven, eight-year-old years. They're just like, no. don't even look at her. She'll get along <laughs> on her own fine. <laughs> well... My my mother did teach me how to do my laundry at age ten, and uh, I she I waited till ten because I couldn't reach the knobs. But then she got me a booster seat, <laughs> like a booster to reach them. Your mom's so staring now at that you. I... <laughs> she's staring at you when you're nine, and she's like, "Well, that kid fucking grows, so I can stop doing the laundry. I just need her to be like three <laughs> inches taller, and then I'm out of this." <laughs> yeah. No, my parents were very loving, very. <laughs> very concerned about our well-being but just instilled this you know 
fiercely independent um, attitude in us. And like, you know, no one's going to do this for you. So you better do it. And I'm actually, I'm super grateful because like I said, like I stumbled into this whole diabetes thing and, you know, it took eight years to get my balance. And (laughs) I'm just glad that I had the, you know, the fortitude and the to not give to up learn, at some like, point. Okay, yeah. I have to have to fight with these insurance companies. I have to fight with the DME providers and not going to take no for an answer because that's just ridiculous. You're just telling me no because your computer screen says something, you know, like, so I'm glad. And yeah, like I, I kind of jotted down a few notes before we uh, talked. And that was one of the things that I did. I did jot down was um, don't assume your insurance company or your providers are doing their job. You can't. You have to check on it. Appeal is necessary. Even do as much prep work as you can. Like I said, I'm going to go call my provider probably at lunch today and say, hey, what's the deal with my prescriptions? So, yeah, it is your job yeah. to stay on top of it, whether it should be or not. And that's a, a fantastic point. And I'll, I'll give you another point. This is something I've learned over time because I'm chatty. Don't talk while they're thinking on the other end of the phone. Yeah. Don't give them anything else to do, to consider, to utter, because these are people who have very likely just gotten this job, uh, aren't being paid very much, very well could be running it from a laptop on their sofa with the prices right on in the background on mute. Um, Do not distract them while they're working. Because right. because if you try to hold like a, hey, how's the weather conversation because you're trying to be polite or something like that, you will just confuse them. And when you confuse yep. them, they will make mistakes. I promise. Um, take that from a very chatty person who's always like, so, hey, Melissa, while you're uh, looking for my Lancets, did you right. see that baseball game last night? And Because you know, I'm just like, I get bored in the quiet. So I'm like, I get chatty. And then I'm sure they're thinking, this guy should get like a podcast or something. And he's got way too much to say. <laughs> and, and, and I just, I've learned over time, like, don't talk while they're thinking. Don't talk yeah. while they're typing. Don't mess with them. Um, not that I was, you know, blowing a trumpet and screaming and yelling in the background. <laughs> I, just, I just thought, oh, this is an adult. They can probably do that and talk about something else. No, wrong. Don't. Bad. Er. <laughs> yeah, I am glad to hear though that you also um, are short and curt with them because sometimes I get off a phone call and I'm like, man, I'm a, I'm a real B, but like, because <laughs> my husband has heard me on the phone sometimes and he used to be in customer service and he's like, you have to be nicer. Like I worked in customer service and when people were that nasty to me, it made me not want to help them. And I'm like, you know, Every time I've gotten real nasty with someone, like literally every time, I always follow it up with, with, hey, Joe, I know that this is not personally your fault, (laughs) and I'm sorry, but you just happen to be the guy I'm talking to, so please make it happen so I won't have to call you ever again. You never want to talk to me again. And, And your husband makes a good point, and I believe in his point. And back in the day when I was younger and this was more frustrating and I didn't have, and this is important, and I didn't have really good control over Arden's diabetes and I was constantly privately scared that I was killing her, then all of the <laughs> stuff from this was even more and more stressful, right? Right. I used to say to them at the end, like, look, I realized I just got upset. I was like, you don't know what it's like. And I don't want to sound sad or like, like I'm looking for pity, but my life is incredibly stressful and there's already so much for me to do. And you guys said you were going to do this. I can't do all these things for you. And back then I really felt that way. Now I have more, you know, I have more compute cycles free in my mind, but luckily because we figured out the diabetes part, right. But had I not, I'd still be in that space. And by the time I was really steeped deep in that space, in that space, Amanda, I would just like, I always say to people, who listen to the podcast, you know me and how I think about diabetes. I'm not putting on a show at all. But the part you're not getting is that I love to curse and (laughs) yell and do all those things that you would not imagine of me if you listen to the podcast. But if you were here while I was on the phone with my insurance company last year who didn't want to continue to pay for my physical therapy for my shoulder surgery, (laughs) you would have been scared. And so so when I'm just yelling, I don't even know how to beep things out. I'm not that good at doing podcast stuff where I would just tell you, it's just, 
you mother boom, you're trying to kill me. I'm going to, and just, you know, like out of my mind. And, and and I have it together better now. Um, I, I now start my conversations like this. I don't know why I've chosen the word Melissa as the person who's on the other phone, but, other end of the phone. Oh, but, but I'm like, Hey Melissa, how are you? She's like, how are you? How's your day? And I said, well, Melissa, it's going great so far. And I think how it goes after this is going to be in large part to how you answer this very next question. Um, and it's not your fault if you answer it wrong, but trust me, <laughs> this is going to go wrong for you. If you don't say <laughs> I don't know what else to do anymore. Let's just put it on front street. You guys have been messing me around for two weeks. This is the last time. Or again, another great tip. If you've made a call or two and it's not going anywhere, do not waste your time explaining to the CSR for a third time what's going on. Just go, hi, this is Melissa. Melissa, I need to talk to your supervisor. Well, let yes, me first know, Melissa, do escalate this call. I've explained this three times already. I'm not doing it again. No offense to you. I bet you're the one who would get it right, but I can't take that <laughs> risk. I can't, Melissa, because I got three hours into this already, and I can't take that risk. So you're just going to put me on the phone. Put me, please push the button, Melissa. <laughs> and, you know, like, like, and then she's like, hold. You're like, pl- trust me, Melissa. <laughs> you don't want to talk to me. Hold, please. There you go. And then, you know, hi, this is Becky. I'm the manager. I'm like, you are not the manager, but okay. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Liar. I've actually said this. My wife said this is the most hurtful thing she's ever heard me say on the phone to an insurance person. <laughs> Let me speak to your supervisor. And then they say, I am the ranking supervisor in the room. And I go, no, you can't be. <laughs> you can't be the person in charge. This, you are not, oh my God, you're in charge? Well, that's why this is going so poorly. You have no power. They've left you powerless and in charge. And you don't even understand what you're talking about. This is why the company's falling apart. Because you're at the top of the chain. Are you sure you're in charge? There's no one above you. You own the company, do you, Billy? <laughs> My wife's and like, the Melissa's and the Bert's yeah. and the Phillies of the world, they just go home every night and they're just, they're oh, like, man, I have I, got to get a better job. <laughs> no, I do. I do feel bad. Every, you know, every once in a while I'm like, man, I really got to retire my witch's broom for a while. But I, like, you are making so me remember, you are making me remember, Amanda, you're killing me, making me remember these phone calls now. I've, here, here's one for you. Here's what a horrible SOB I might be in situations like this. Insurance companies, when they deny you, deny you, deny you, at the end of the call, I'll sometimes say, Melissa, you seem like a really nice person and you seem young. So I'm like in my mid forties. Let me give you one great piece of, of advice for life. Do your best to find a job that doesn't make you leave your soul outside in your car when you park. <laughs> Is this really what you want to add to the world, Melissa, what you've done here today? (laughs) Declining an eight-year-old from having insulin? An eight-year-old? Aren't you sitting here right now thinking, oh, I should have taken that other job? Because, Melissa, you're right. You should have taken the other job. And it's not too late. And then I hang up the phone. I'm like, that poor girl just needs to pay her rent. And and no one – she nothing she said to me was her idea. You you know, she was – but who are you going to yell at? Maybe maybe we're feeding our own vicious cycle because I bet those places have such high turnover. I'm now going to tell you an absolutely 100% true story that is bizarre. My mom went on a vacation last year. and When she came home, she couldn't stop talking about this pizza that she had. She was going on about low carb and, and cauliflower crust. And it was great because she was trying to stay away from grains and I just, she wouldn't stop talking about it. I didn't know how to help her. I had never heard of it before. And my mom's older. She didn't know what to do. So I looked online and I found it. And I was like, oh, there it is, mom. You can buy it there. All's well that ends well. Months later, I receive an email from Real Good Foods, the company my mom was talking about. And they would like to advertise on the podcast. Well, I'm super excited, but I've never had the food before. So I can't just, I'm not just going to tell you, hey, the pizza's great. Try the poppers and take their check. I want to make sure I like them. So they shipped me samples. Well, first of all, the way the food arrived was incredibly impressive. I thought, how do you ship frozen food? But oh my goodness, was it frozen. 
I couldn't believe it. So they passed my first test with flying colors. The food arrives in perfect condition. Put it in the freezer, we start making stuff. I start with the enchiladas, which I think now are my wife's favorite. The kids love the poppers. Everyone loves the pizza. Absolutely spectacular. But they've got a ton of stuff, so you're gonna have to check it out. It's at realgoodfoods.com. Family-sized pizza, delicious flavors. They got margarita, pepperoni. There's mixed packs available. And when you use the promo code JUICEBOX at checkout, you save 10% on your order. So I guess if you want to be as excited as my mom was that day, go to realgoodfoods.com and see what they have to offer. Actually, you'll be more excited than her because you'll save 10%. Melissa's job can't be cherry, right? She's listening to you and me like just just debrade her every day and day in day out so she probably quits in like three months and then we've got billy billy in the door and billy has to learn all this stuff and he's not properly trained and then he just it's like a vicious cycle Mm -hmm. right like you're making a good point and melissa's job is not cherry could easily be the title of this episode just so you know (laughs) 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 well oh my gosh i'm all upset now (laughs) i know it's so frustrating it's like you know what I already have gray hair at 31 and you're giving me more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop. I'm on the phone with you looking at my kid's blood sugar because it's nine o'clock in the morning and she's trying to sleep in on the, in the summertime. And all I'm thinking is please get this worked out because if I have to go set a temp basil soon, or, you know, like I have to get her up. So her blood sugar doesn't like, it's just, uh, there's too much for me to think about and please stop. Just like stop. Um, well, yeah. you know, you know what, you know what an aspect is interesting, a good look into insurance companies and what they can do if they want to do. And this has sort of gone away now, but, and this isn't something that you or some of the people listening to might know about, but there was a moment in time for a few years, if you had enough Twitter followers in a medical space, all I had to do was send a tweet that said, I don't understand why United Healthcare won't help my daughter get her supplies. Mm-hmm. And I am not kidding you. Inside of 10 minutes, a direct message comes back. Please send us your phone number and your daughter's first name and last name and date of birth. We would like to get this straightened out immediately. And then you get a phone call, not from Billy, not from Melissa, not from any other you know person who they're jamming into these terrible jobs, but from a very thoughtful person who's clearly been with United Healthcare or whoever your insurance company is for many, many years, who sits down and says, what happened? And you explain it to them. Just like you expected when you talk to the customer service person. They go, okay, hold on. Oh, I see what happened. Are you going to be home tomorrow? Yeah, we'll FedEx it. Okay, thanks for calling. So then... You're like, if that would have just happened first off, I wouldn't have had to tweet you. I wouldn't have had to shame you publicly. I wouldn't have lost three years off of my life yelling at Billy. Like, like, you know, so, (laughs) so... Billy. Melissa wouldn't be in therapy today. Yeah, exactly. Melissa, Melissa's at home with a hairless cat because she's so nervous. <laughs> the cat's nervous, you, you, you know? And, and so <laughs> Melissa's at home with a hairless cat easily could be the title of this episode. Now I'm at it. Damn it. Um, so, but, but yeah, but so I just sat there and all I could think was, Oh God, so this is possible. And there is someone here who understands this. And I wasn't asking something unreasonable. Oh, yeah. the end of the phone call. Is there anything else I can help you with? No. Would you consider taking that tweet down? That's the last question they asked. Now, I don't know if they figured out that Twitter isn't as powerful as it used to be or what they figured out, but it doesn't work anymore the way it used to. Well, everyone and their mom has Twitter, right? So you've got more people looking at your feed. And so the honestly, the chances of that one tweet being seen by everyone is now less yes. because there are more people. I know it seems backwards, but yeah. no, they caught on. They, they don't do it anymore or they'll call you. They'll, the process will happen still, but then it won't get fixed. They'll go, no, no, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> okay. Right. We're scared yeah, of you, I but guess. not that much. I'm like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I guess just my, I know, I know it's hard when you're first diagnosed and all of this is just, you're, like, you know, stumbling through this and got to learn for yourself. But yeah, I guess a number one piece of advice would be like, A, figure out who's covered under your plan, Mm -hmm. call your plan and figure it out. And then, you know, you got to double check. You can't just assume these people are going to do what they say because they're liars. (laughs) (laughs) They won't do it. (laughs) Um, And then just know your plan inside and out. Like you and I, 
that, you know, could have the same carrier, but we're going to have totally different plans. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, sure. It's valid to say, Hey, Facebook, like what's your experience with carrier X, Y, or Z, but to say, Hey, like who's going to cover my Omnipods? That's not going to help you because the internet's not going to know unless I look at your plan description. Yeah. And, and here's one to pay attention to, too. The doctor's office and the insurance company will play a blame game. You have mm-hmm. to be careful about that. Oh, uh, we would have sent you your Omnipods, but your doctor's office didn't send the script. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Indy, what are you doing, buddy? And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay. So then you send an email to the doctor's office. Hey, come on, you guys said you were going to send this. What happened? And they're like, we sent it. Here's the receipt. And you go, oh, they were lying about that, or they didn't see, or whatever. It's a, at the bottom of the facts pile back in 1971. You, you, you know, and, and, right. and I've seen the doctor's office do the same thing. You know, they said they wanted this code, but I sent that code. And then the insurance company would be like, no, they sent this code. And then they show me, and I go, oh. Like, either, it's, either they're buying time off of each other, or they're making a mistake and blaming the other one. But you have to make sure you understand both sides of the confusion before you start asking one or the other to do something. So, and that's a hard thing to do because it's, it's like you have to blame somebody to get the ball rolling. It feels like, right. Oh my God. I've also learned to just check everything, like actually call my insurance and check, Hey, I'm thinking about going on Dexcom. I want to make sure like, is it covered? What, you know, first I have to call the supplier and say, hey, if I want to do this, what diagnosis codes would you send it through? Mm-hmm. Then I have to call the insurance and say, hey, if this was sent through with these diagnosis codes, would it be covered? If so, at what percentage? What's my what's my out of pocket? What am I going to pay? Blah, blah, blah. Like I've had to do that for everything. Mm-hmm. I even check. I even double check my formularies. If my doc, if I go to a doctor's appointment and they say, hey, we want to switch your medications or we want to put you on this. Like, nope, time out. I got to log in to my carrier's website and check my formula to make sure that's covered. Uh, you know, even little things like that, because I don't want to leave my doctor's office having my script for whatever sent to Walgreens. And then I get to Walgreens and they're like, that will be $11 billion, right, please. Right. And yes. I'm like, I don't, that's not even a real number. I don't have that much money. We need all of the so, money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like just recently I was looking, I have a thyroid medication that I'm on and, um, I switched. I decided I was going to do the mail order pharmacy because it mm-hmm. does save me a little bit of money. Um, so I checked my formulary. The generic, which is what my um, doctor had prescribed on the script, was listed as not covered. But the um, the brand name covered. So when I went to Walgreens, they just said, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll swap it out. But the mail order, they're very strict. And so they're like, no, we're only going to prescribe as as written. So I had to call my doctor back, have them write a new script as written so that I get the brand name because I didn't want to be sent three months of a generic that wasn't covered, Mm -hmm. you know, so just little stuff like that. And, and, you know, you got to learn to play the game and it's a crappy game in which no one wins and the the court's on fire and everything's on fire and it's terrible, but you got to learn how to play the game, right? Yeah. The other day they sent test strips, which I don't want now because Listen, we're in this gap of time. The Omnipod PDM is going to get phased out pretty quickly. Uh, we're going to get the Dash PDM, and and I and we're going to start using a different meter. So I have enough, I think, freestyle test trips to make it through that time frame. And they just show up at the house. So I called them, like, you sent me test trips I didn't ask for. And she goes, oh, well, you know, you ran out of... I couldn't believe she said this. She goes, you ran out of uh, refills. So we, you know, we pinged the doctor's office and they sent new ones. I'm like, wait, it actually worked. And I'm like, right, but not when I was- wanted it. And so I was like, <laughs> all right. I said, well, I don't want these test strips. And she goes, well, you can't return them. And I said, but I didn't ask you to send them to me. She goes, well, your account's on automatic refill. And I said, for my daughter's Synthroid, not for this. She goes, no, the whole account's on auto refill. I'm like, well, can I turn that off? And I swear to you, she goes, and then she starts going into this long description. Oh, yeah. So you could turn this off. I'm like, she's reading from a script. I'm like, I, so I let her read the whole thing. And I went, can you do it? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, what Just do? What are you, what are you reading me the script for? Like, just turn it. Oh, my God. So I said, so what do I do with these test trips? She goes, well, you have great insurance. They didn't cost you anything. And I went, what does that have to do with anything? Like, what am I going to do with these really expensive, valuable test strips? 
We can't take them back. And I was like, but I didn't ask you to send them. So at the end of the call, I said, uh, Melissa. And she goes, yeah. I said, are you going to surprise send me any other free stuff I don't want? Because don't send me stuff I don't want. Oh, no, I've got it all set up now. And I said, okay. For the whole account? Do you, Melissa? And she goes, she goes, oh, you didn't just want it for your daughter? And I was like, mother, just Melissa. <laughs> just, don't, what about this phone call made you think I wanted you just to send me random things that I didn't ask for? And I was like, <laughs> how much stuff are these companies pumping into people's homes that nobody wants the insurance companies paying for because it's covered? Like, how much money is being spent on stuff that is sitting in drawers? When oh there God, are other people, so yeah, when there are other people who could use them and can't afford them. I'm like, Oh my god! Right, it's so wasteful, and it's adding to the the healthcare problem, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just it's driving up the cost of everything. It's just it's a vicious cycle. Well, we're coming up on the end here, Amanda. You've done amazing, by the way. I knew you'd. Come I hope through. so. I hope you can get something out of this. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Just us pretending to yell at customer service people alone makes this episode <laughs> really. I wish winner. that were a job. <laughs> to yell at people? Oh, I know. I've thought like, that before. Like, do you think that we could convince the customer service people to like hire us as actors to train, to train the new them. Billies and Melissas and be like, okay, you're going up against Scott today. <laughs> Here's this issue. How are you going to handle it? Oh, my God. I would love it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I always imagine that their computer systems must be so antiquated that they just look at them and they're like, I don't know how to figure out what he's asking me. Because you print on that paper with the with the dots on the side yes, still. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, let me get your receipt out of the dot matrix printer. Like you know. Hold on, I have to sign on to AOL first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call my manager, and then you just hear the uh, the um, the old SOS at. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, because what's the, what is the other? Because I'm looking at a computer screen right now in a couple of fairly confusing, you know thick applications and in a glance i can completely understand what all of them do so how is it possible that this job they have it must just be tiny little green screens with you know like flickering lights behind i don't know it's just it's very frightening it is really this episode was a terrible idea mandy really you've got me upset now (laughs) i know i've probably riled up all of your audience yeah if anybody hears just, that I died, it was from this. I just had a stroke or something like that. <laughs> I just hope that um, I know a lot of your listeners probably are not exactly new to diabetes, but if anything, I just hope that people who are new like learn. Hey, learn your plan. You can't take no for an answer. You have to fight. Um, you can't trust these people to just do their job. Unfortunately, in a perfect world, you would be able to, but it's that's not how it works. And just, yeah, I've learned that I have to be kind of a bee sometimes. I I don't want to be, I don't want to berate poor Melissa, but, you know, sometimes I just got to make it happen. You really do have to stick up for yourself. You can't take no for an answer. It's just, it is the absolute crux of this. And also, uh, if if you've listened to this far into this episode, episode 61 of the podcast, way back in the middle of 2016, is called Samantha is the Robin Hood of Diabetes Insurance Appeals. And (laughs) Sam is crazy knowledgeable about this stuff. And I've seen the appeals that she's written for people because she does it in her free time just to be nice. Like people who can't get pumps and CGMs. Her appeals are ironclad, pages long. Anything they try to say, she's like, yeah, go to page eight, subsection B9. I got you covered (laughs) there. Um, So if you're having any real trouble with pumps or CGMs, uh, episode 61, well worth your time. And uh, Amanda, I really, really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. It really was. Uh, Amanda and I had a tiny bit of Skype trouble in the beginning, which you'll never hear. But uh, you should just know that she is a, a, a visual professional who works with computers, is literally sitting in a sound booth now recording this, and was very embarrassed <laughs> that she couldn't figure out Skype. So feel free to laugh at her now if you want to as the episode ends and the music starts playing. <laughs> Did we miss anything, Amanda, that you wanted to say that I didn't let you say? Because I know you made notes. I think, you know, I think I covered it all. Um, yeah, just again, like, learn your plan, you know, just try try not to go in blind if you can 
you're always going to be blindsided by something. But if you do your homework, hopefully it won't be the obvious. Yep. Listen, it's a parable for the blood sugars too. If you don't understand how the insulin works, then how can you expect the boluses you use to work? And how do you get involved in a conversation on the phone with somebody if you don't even understand what's rightfully yours and what's rightfully not yours? So right. yeah, get educated and then uh, get in there and start cursing. All right, Amanda, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks, you too. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. I thought this was a fantastic chat. Thank you as well to Dexcom, Omnipod, Real Good Foods, and Dancing for Diabetes. There are links to everything that you heard about today in the show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. You can always go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, realgoodfoods.com, and use the promo code juicebox. Go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or check out Dancing for Diabetes wherever they are, Instagram, Facebook, or at their website. If you'll stay with me for just another moment, I want to discuss the structure of the podcast with you for a second. Right now, we have 16 episodes already recorded and ready for you to listen to. 21 more are scheduled between now and mid-June 2019. More go on the schedule every day. Podcast is going really strong, completely due to you, and I understand that, and I want you to know that I appreciate it. I know that the reviews you leave on iTunes make it more searchable. I know that when you tell a friend about it, it helps it to grow. I know that that's why I'm able to have ads on the podcast at all. And that's why I need to let you know that I'm going to be a little inartful here for the first number of weeks in 2019. They're going to feel like there are probably a little too many ads in the podcast. And I'm going to be figuring that out. As I add content, I'll be able to stretch it out a little more and put them in different places. It is not my intention to overwhelm the show with ads. And at the same time, I do need to take in enough money to keep it going and keep it strong. So I appreciate you understanding. I hope you listen to them. I try very hard to make them interesting and fun so they're not just a repetition of information. But I will be adding some new content this year that will help, uh, you know, Give, it, give those ads a, a different place to be, but in content that you're going to find incredibly useful and interesting. I just need a little time to figure the whole thing out. I'm a one-man operation over here. So I appreciate your patience, and I will see you next week.